yak, goats, and games to play. Step right up. Carnage says, try your luck. You can tell the sweet smell of summer in the air. Whole town shuts down. Everybody's gonna be there. Down at the county fair. Big time, big talk, big crowd, big hair. There's nothing bigger all around the country. But goodbye, Woolworths. And who will win the Anderson County Sheriff's Race in the primary? All this and more on the April 29th, 2016 edition of the Anderson Observer Podcast News from People You Trust. And as always, the Anderson Observer Podcast News from People You Trust is made possible by Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill, the finest dining establishment anywhere in Anderson and Sullivan's at Brookstone, the best spot for lunch and dinner Thursday through Friday and lunch on Wednesday through Sunday. That's right, Sunday lunch at Sullivan's at Brookstone only. You can check them out at Sullivan's at Brookstone or SullivanBrookstone.com. Don't forget that Sullivan's at Brookstone is the child of Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill, Anderson's Crown Jewel and Restaurants. Uh, Bill Nickus and his wife, Sabre, they started the revitalization of the Renaissance in downtown Anderson, opening that restaurant almost 20 years ago now. And they've been written up in the Wall Street Journal, multiple culinary magazines, uh, Southern Living. They're always named one of the best. Two, and they, most recently, they were named one of the best two restaurants in South Carolina, uh, the only one in the upstate. Yeah, Minnesota Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill downtown. Give them a try and check out their Facebook every day for codes to get you discounts at lunch and at dinner. It has been a really great week in Anderson. Summer's here. It's hot. Uh, there's a lot going on, especially downtown where the historic Church Creek Corridor is underway. Uh, downtown Garage has a great big new sign. If you haven't seen it, it was put up yesterday. There's a new convention center building going up down on South Main just as you get out of downtown there. And finally, at last... The demolition of the old Warworth Bells building is in progress. Now, let's just say the Warworth building is in progress. Those ghosts in the walls there apparently cut a deal to allow Warworth to go first, so they continue their ghostly rides up the ghostly elevators left in the old Bells building, which is built like a tank and built like a, a, a fortress. Uh, the Bells building will be next right now. The wrecking crew, which started on Monday, and by midday Friday had torn off the back half of the building in expert style. Whoever's operating that big claw crane was one surgical digger uh some of his work he was knocking off individual bricks with this massive claw he drew some crowds throughout the week people brought lawn chairs and watched it and watched the bricks fall and the dust fly that crew is still salvaging as much metal as possible so it's kind of slow going but progress is underway the exciting event this week was when they dropped the almost four thousand pound uh heating and air unit off the top in in perfect uh in a perfect choreographed thing. It didn't roll, it didn't do anything. It hit straight down like they wanted it to. I did a few Facebook live videos from the site and we'll continue to offer those updates. So you can check me out on the Greg Wilson Anderson Observer on Facebook as progress continues downtown. And it's likely this is going to take probably till the middle of next week to finish just the Woolworth building. And then they have to clean it up, get all the rubble out of there before they can tackle the Bells building which is going to be a far more substantial and challenging event. One of the supervisors at the site said they're going to bring in a super crane for that work. So if you've been wanting to see a super crane, you can look forward to that. And as I said, the Anderson County Fair is back in town. Kick things off Thursday with a few acts, including an escape artist who performed a trick with Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns to trading clothes with him. Uh, it was on film, so it was all legit. 
and an honest to God sword swallower who came, they had to wake him up. He came out and swallowed a sword for us and made sure we all got pictures of that. Oh, and Anderson County uh, Councilman Ken Waters got to feed a baby camel as part of that show as well. I don't think he's going to be out there at the fair as a regular sideshow, but he was feeding a baby camel. That was his photo op, and he looked like he was having a good time. The fair uh, promises new rides this year, some bigger acts, and just a bigger deal all around as it begins its fifth year at the Civic Center. So it looks like good weather to start, maybe a little bit of rain tomorrow, but not much, and some good forecasts in the days ahead. I hope they have a good, good weather week, and it looks and feels like summertime out there. It'll be there through May 6th, so that's the end of next week. So get out if you can. I have great memories of the Anderson County Fair. Uh, it's the first place I saw Dogs from the Moon. Hey, look, it was the early 60s. Give me a break. Apparently, the Dogs from the Moon are a lot like green-spotted Scottish Terriers, and they like to run around in sawdust. Uh, who knew? But that's what I saw. Uh, the Walk a Mile in Her Shoes was last night, the benefit for Foothills Alliance. And the event went really well, raised a lot of money for a good cause. They're still tallying up the totals. The group Foothills Alliance does a wonderful job helping victims of abuse, especially children. And every year at this event, uh, it just also reminds me of how good it is for so many reasons that men don't wear high heel shoes. Uh, if you saw some of those guys, y you would agree with me. The Main Street Block Party went really well last night, too. Carrie Jones, who works tirelessly to keep this event happening every week during from spring to fall, and who also personally walks around passing the, the KFC bucket to help raise money to cover expenses, said some kind soul dropped a Benjamin last night in the till. They need more $100 donations like that to keep this great event going. It's a free event, good for the whole family. Hope you can help. If you go by, surprise him. Drop another 100 in next week. Whoever that was, good work. Well, speaking of helping, uh, Publix Grocery Store donated $20,000 in food and a full day of service from their staff to AIM this week as part of their community involvement. Great organization. One of their leaders who was getting ready to retire spent his last day down there doing good work in the community. They've got a good reputation, and they've earned it. And it's also my favorite place to buy groceries, and they're not advertisers, and they should be, but I'll say that anyway. Appreciate the good work they did and the good work AIM's continue to do. I did want to give you a quick update on Paul's and the Parvo situation. There have been no new cases discovered, so it looks like the precautions may have worked. They're still running in a, in a cautious manner, so you want to be careful with that, but they're going to take care of them. Um, I will update this situation as it happens. We'll have an updated story in the Anderson Observer here in the next couple of days as well. Also, Paul's has once again reduced the number of animals being euthanized by a substantial number this year. Those folks do good good work down there, and let me tell you, they don't do it for the money. They do it because they love animals. If you haven't been down there, go down there and take a look at all the great things they're doing at the facility out there at Paws. Well, there's a lot of attention now shifting to the June primaries, which are just around the corners, maybe six weeks, eight weeks off, less than that. Uh, and a few of the races have brought more discussion around this county, and you've seen more signs with this race than any other, and that's the sheriff's race. There are three candidates for this. Uh, incumbent John Skipper, of course, is running again. Former law enforcement investigator and deputy Chad McBride, who's in charge of security at New Spring. Uh, and state, uh, former state trooper Jeremy Pickens. Those are the two challenging Sheriff Skipper. And I'm going to interview each one of these gentlemen before the primaries. And this week, the first one I caught up with was Chad McBride. All right, I am talking to Chad McBride, and he is running for sheriff. Yes, yeah. sir. Now, Chad, we're going to be asking all the candidates pretty much the same questions sure. on these things. So we're just going to start with the obvious, why do you want to be sheriff of Anderson County? Well, you know, I grew up here in Anderson County. I love this place. Uh, my, my children are in school here. I, of course, I grew up through school here and went to Anderson College and back a few years ago to the now Anderson University. And uh, so I love Anderson. I think Anderson's got a lot of potential. And, of course, having worked at the sheriff's office for so long, um, 
I've just really gotten to know the community. And uh, part of the reason why I'm running is because I think things have, have definitely gotten worse. Uh, crimes have Crimes have spiked in Anderson County where we, we make so many of the worst lists and statistic lists now that you see in the news about every other week. Um, things are getting scary. And, of course, being first in the state, 13th in the nation for burglaries, uh, is, is you know, that's, that speaks volumes about how bad the crime is in Anderson County. So I just, I just feel an obligation to, to try to make it better. And I feel like we've got some good good new fresh plans and strategies that we can actually do a lot of good for the citizens of Anderson County. Well, you mentioned that a lot of people may not know. Remind people of your experience. Sure. Uh, after college, I actually joined the Army and uh, did eight years of Army Reserves and National Guard parallel to my law enforcement service, but I started under Gene Taylor many years ago. I uh, worked for Sheriff Taylor for about four years. worked for David Crenshaw when he was sheriff for four years, and then, of course, uh, Sheriff Skipper, our now sheriff. Uh, incumbent, uh, worked for him a little for five years, and uh, but of course, um, still have maintained my certification. Still work part time, so I've got, I've got about fifteen total years of law enforcement experience, plus my military. Uh, went to Anderson College and Anderson University for both my bachelor's and then my master's degree. My master's degree is in criminal justice. Okay, um, what what do you think are the biggest challenges facing law enforcement in Anderson County? Here in Anderson County, I mean, I think nationwide we face a lot of challenges. You know, I think the, uh, I think the culture and, and how people see law enforcement. You know, there's there's both positive and negative. Now, I think uh, you know police officers are, are put in a negative light a lot now, and I think it's a very admirable profession. Uh, what you what you don't see on a daily basis is the 99 percent of, of great officers doing great things and. You know, just putting their life on the line for us to keep us safe. Uh, but here in Anderson County, I, I don't think that's any. I don't think Anderson County is unique uh, to the rest of the nation. I think it's, uh, it's still a dangerous area. We have uh, twenty. We had twenty nine homicides in Anderson County for this past year in two thousand fifteen. And so this, you know, that's the kind of stuff that our officers are dealing with. So I think, you know, obviously it's a dangerous um, environment. But I also think for uh, what is unique for the, our sheriff's office is we've had such a devastating turnover rate over the last several years. Uh, most of the other agencies in, enjoy full rosters right now, probably because a lot of our deputies have gone other to other departments to work. Uh, but we're, we're operating shorthanded now with the sheriff's office. And I think we've lost nearly 175, 180 people between 2013 and this past year, 2015, so that's been pretty devastating for the sheriff's office. So if I'm elected, we have a lot of the guys that have left the sheriff's office, and these are good quality officers, you know, that you know, 5, 10, 15 years experience, the uh, kind of the middle middle uh, guys that have left that want to come back, work for Anderson County again. This For most of them, it's their home. Uh, plus, we've been in talks with a lot of Everywhere I go, I've talked to law enforcement that even work for other agencies that maybe live in Anderson County, and they're excited about the opportunity of maybe getting to work in their, their home county. And, of course, uh, you know, if elected, we're going to open it up and have plenty of opportunities for folks to apply and, and get, get the best qualified candidates to fill those roles. Uh, so I think it's, uh, you know, we, we have a great opportunity to uh, 
really recruit. And then, of course, after we fill all these voids that we have now, uh, we'll focus on retention and, and how to keep officers and actually keep people for a career. Well, uh, I've talked to a number of folks uh, over the last several years, and I, all, you were talking about all that. I, Gene was a reporter when I was still yes, doing this. I've known that everybody knew David and I know Frank. And, sure. Um, there's been a consensus in one thread that's, that's not only run through it, but it's gotten worse and worse. But what would you do about the Holman Park situation? Because most mm-hmm. of what I'm hearing now, and I've just talked to some people recently that estimated about 80% of the crime in the whole county finds its origins right there in Holman Park. And... Uh, now, I mean, it all happens there, but the sure. people that live there are committing right. those, you know, the massive numbers of crime. What can be done, done about that sex in the town? Yeah. You know, you know, I used to think that was that was kind of the case when I first started. Uh, there's so many good people that live in Holman Park. Oh, there are. There's so many people that are kind of trapped. And, but, you know, it's not just Holman Park. I think it's, uh, I think that kind of uh, activity has spread all over Anderson County. I've, I've seen it in Pelzer. I've seen it in Williamson. I've seen it in Honeypath. I've seen it in Townville. Uh, and even parts of Powdersville and, and uh, you know, a little bit of Liberty that's in Anderson County. So I don't think it's just concentrated in Holman Park anymore like we used to think Well, the, the number's yeah. still sort of yeah, the numbers, of arrests and drug, particularly yeah. drug arrests and, and, sure. and, and meth and crack and those tend to back. That's why when yeah. I ask and I start looking at it, and the, and the arrest yeah. numbers still do seem to, yeah. to uh, they're, all con- they're concentrated there in the way it is nowhere else sure. in the county. I think because it's such a bigger area. Compared to that of of some of the other rural, more rural areas I just mentioned, uh, but you know the presence is deterrence. And right now we, you know, right now we just don't have the officer presence when you're when you're operating with eight or nine deputies per shift. You know, we used to under David Crenshaw, we actually had twenty deputies per shift. Uh, when when Sheriff Skipper came in, he reduced the number to about fifteen per shift. And uh, so I, I definitely think that officer presence goes a long way for deterrence, and one thing we want to do is get back to about the 20 deputy per shift model. Um, it's a big county, more than the biggest county. Yes, yeah, a huge county. 700 and something square yes, miles? I mean, you're pushing 800 square miles, yeah. and so it's a very large county to cover. And um, and, and so you know, with a county this size, we need more boots on the ground. And I think Holman Park deserves that. That's what they're needing, and I think uh, that's the only way we're going to be able to com- combat a lot of that criminal activity that's that's going on there and these other places now where it's it's trending too there have been some other issues in terms of uh magistrates not getting convictions the the, the solicitor's office not pursuing people who are repeat offenders uh what do you see the sheriff's role in dealing with those two agencies yeah i think as as the sheriff you know you're the chief law enforcement officer in the in the county and i think it's as as sheriff i think it's uh, that the sheriff's role to lean on those other positions of authority to make sure that uh you know we're putting our victims first and uh that we that we're acting on behalf of our victims i think that um you know they're what whether the magistrates are liberal or or conservative or whatever i think you know, it's it's a team effort. I know there's also a uh, probably an issue with space in the jail, and that's why a lot of times the magistrates are probably uh, you know trying to cycle out some of these people that are con- routinely coming in and out of the jail. Um, it doesn't matter if I'm the sheriff or Sheriff Skipper remains the sheriff or whoever's the sheriff. I think we're uh, at some point we're going to need a, a larger facility, a facility to be able to house uh, the number of inmates that, that you know that need to be in there instead of. Uh, Cycling out because of, of uh, uh, you know, basically 
because there's no room. Uh, but also with the solicitor's office, I think that's, you know, obviously that's the more uh, key area where we have to have a good relationship with. I think, you know, we're both uh, law enforcement. And uh, I think that relationship is going to be huge. I actually have met and uh, spoken with all three candidates. I feel like whoever the solicitor is, I feel like I'll have a great relationship with, with any of them. And I think that that's what we've been missing for a long time is a good relationship and a good rapport between the two agencies. And so I'm excited about the opportunity to get to, to work with a new solicitor. And, um, and I, I really think with this upcoming election, to, to be able to have the, the ability to get a new sheriff and a new solicitor could be huge for this county, and we could actually do a lot of good together. Speaking of relationships, how do you see the sheriff's relationship with county council? Obviously, sheriff has mm -hmm. a budget, but there are things that cross over. Sure. The jail is one good example. That keeps coming up, but obviously there's never money for it. And at some point, the feds could come in and tell us, you got to build a jail, and here's what it costs. We'll build it for you, Absolutely. here's the bill. Sure. How would you work with county council to try to convince them that there are needs? You know, I've, I've, I've spoken with several council members. Uh, I've had meetings with them uh, just just to, uh, to learn as much as I can about their role and, and of course, uh, their relationship with the, uh, the sheriff's office uh, specifically. And uh, learning how the budget operates, I do have budget experience, but of course, you know that relationship is is unique between county council and the sheriff. Um, and I, you know, I believe that I would have a good relationship with county council. I think diplomacy goes a long way. I think there's a lot of things that um, I, th I think if you can explain the why, you know, not only to to county council but also to people and say, hey, here's here's the problem that we have. Here's the why. If the why doesn't make sense or it's just not uh, justifiable, then obviously that's probably not your next step. But I think, uh, you know, I, I believe that we would have a great working relationship with whoever is on county council. Uh, I've already been assured of that uh, anyway by several of the members, and, and they're excited about the opportunity to, uh, to, to give me autonomy of the budget if, if I am the next sheriff that's elected. What would you consider a successful first term? Because, I mean, obviously, sure. we've not had a one-term sheriff around here in, mem in memory. I was looking back. I don't know that we've ever had a one-term sheriff that, that I can find records on. What would you consider a successful first term? Well, David Crenshaw was a one-term sheriff. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, that's uh, right. You're right, because yeah. David said that he could, uh, people like him, they'd vote for him, so he didn't sure. campaign. <laughs> yep. That's right. You're right. David did. Uh, you know, and I'm going to tell you, having worked for all three gentlemen, uh, I've, I've had... You know, good positive takeaways from both, and I've I've learned and seen some negative stuff too. So, and and I have respect for all three. So it's definitely nothing personal, especially you know against the sheriff Skipper at all. I think uh, I think he's he's a great guy. Uh, but I I do believe uh, that I have totally forgot what you just asked me. I said, what would be that's fine. Sorry, what yeah. a successful first term. Oh, for successful first term, sure. Yeah. You know, for us having worked for. Uh, Having worked for three different sheriffs and, and, and having had a good relationship with all three sheriffs, I've had you know, good takeaways, bad takeaways. Um, but a successful first term for me, would the, the first thing I would do is uh, I would explain to, her, to, to the deputies what our expectations, our objectives are. Uh, I want to have a very uh, strategical approach, not only to what we're doing, but... One thing I've noticed, I've never had a sheriff out of all three of them that said, 
okay, guys, here is, here's a four-year plan. Here's a five-year plan. Here is uh, some obtainable goals and objectives that we're going to strive for over the next, you know, four years is good because it's a four-year term. So, uh, and here's the steps that we're going to take, and these steps are measurable. Uh, measurable by not only uh, us as employees of Anderson County, but also the general public so they can actually measure it and, and, and see what progress that we're making. So, that's the, that's the first thing I would do is, is, is uh, you know, put some goals and objectives in place that are reasonable, as such as, you know, what we want a 30% uh, you know, lower crime rate through Anderson County. We want to get off these uh, negative statistic charts and off the news every night. I feel like we're on the news at least once, if not three times every night. Uh, so we're, you know, we're, we're going to reduce... Uh, you know, drugs in Anderson County and, and the opportunities for, for people to uh, be able to locate and buy drugs. Um, you know, property crimes is real big right now. So burglaries, theft, you know, larcenies in general, you know, we want, we want to reduce that by X number of percentage. And so uh, that's the kind of things I think you'll, you'll be able to see. You know, day one, I want to hit the road out of the chute with 20 deputies per shift. And I think, again, presence is deterrence, and I think you'll see uh, instantly you'll feel the presence and, and you'll and you'll feel the quicker response. Uh, but one thing I will work on is having worked for not only the military but also local government is you see them operate like typical government. So there's typical government wasteful spending. I believe, uh, especially you know, whether it's first term or your fifth term, you should operate the sheriff's office like a business. And that way you're focused on being a good steward of, of tax dollars because every dollar is important. And also you're focused on customer service. And so I feel like that's, that's what we've been lacking in for a long time. And so that's, uh, that's where I want to – directionally, that's where I want to take the sheriff's Do you think office. you could get 20 guys on the – with the current budget? Absolutely. Okay. And, and the way you can, there's so many positions that are tying up money within the sheriff's office. I don't have to raise – taxes at all. Now, eventually, are we going to have to raise taxes? I hope so, so we can get more service to, to Anderson County Anderson residents. County has, didn't realize we've gone through a long, long period without raising taxes. Exactly, and I, I think it's due time, but I'm eager to get in there and show the public what we can do with our current budget. There's so many positions uh, at the sheriff's office, whether it's command staff positions, non-essential personnel, and it's it's not necessarily any one person's fault. It's just over the course of the years, there's just been so many positions added, and you know whether they're political appointments, uh, buddy positions, whatever. But it's time that we uh, trim some dead wood, uh, and I think it's kind of reevaluate, um, maybe uh, recalibrate the engine, so to speak, and 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 we need to we need to focus on what do we need the most, and that's uniformed patrol officers investigators and narcotics that's what we need and those are all boots on the ground that's this that's going to deter crime and investigate crime uh, all these other positions really i mean maybe nice to have one day but that's just not what we need right now do you have examples or are you on you on yeah command staff i mean command staff the sheriff is very heavy on command staff okay uh you know he's he's got like nine captains three chief de i mean Three chief deputies. So when you look at the structure of a sheriff's office and you see uh, Greenville County, for example, mm -hmm. uh, Sheriff Loftus has one chief deputy. That's usually your number two guy. Mm -hmm. Three majors, five captains. Uh, 
under Sheriff Skipper, he's got three chief deputies, which may be a Guinness World Book record, uh, you know, having that many chief deputies. Uh, a major, nine captains. He's got several directors, too, on top of that. It's just a very top-heavy organization. And even, uh, and of course, the cliche, there's too many chiefs, not enough Indians, which is true because you got literally more command staff on any given basis behind the desk than you do deputies on the road. And so when you when you look at where we were even before Sheriff Skipper's uh, command staff, under David Crenshaw, we had a sheriff, a chief deputy, five captains. Under Gene Taylor, we had a sheriff, a chief deputy, and four captains. So, mm-hmm. you know, I... Did Homeland Security change a little of that, though, I mean, with the... Uh, well, it added the chief deputy and maybe a captain position. And that was um, the next question I was going to sure. ask you. I mean, yep. our, our... And I've talked to people around the state, and I did earlier during the flooding, but our emergency services seems to have the reputation as the best in the state. They call us first. We send people out. You know, we we, send, we do the training for people right. seem to come in from all over. Uh, how do you see that in as part of your... I think we. And can, I, I think it's yeah. largely funded by federal money. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So you're not talking about yeah. being able to shift that money into deputies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And and but some of that, uh, for me, you know, I I'm sure it's nice, and I, I know it's nice to to have a, a squared away emergency services division that helps train. And I do want to do that. I, I want to have a great relationship with other other agencies, mm-hmm. other the departments. Uh, but. You know, for me, I want to concentrate more on law enforcement. I think the sheriff's office right now, I think that's where you've seen a lot of the concentration has gone over to emergency services. Well, some of that's mandated, though, because of the well federal laws and the change in Homeland Security you've got. Sure. I mean, during the time of, of Taylor and Crenshaw, and really even the first part, mm-hmm. that, that was not non-existence. Now you can't decide I'm not going to do that. I mean, that's why I was asking that question. Yeah, I think, you know... I'm sure there's many agencies that have opportunities to to get into that more. I, I know that we kind of, especially in the upper western uh, region of South Carolina, we we do have probably the larger, probably you know, and probably the most uh, well funded emergency services. And if that were to stay under the sheriff's office, then you know we'll do the best job we can with that. Uh, but my focus is on crime. You know, I, I just I'm a law enforcement guy. Um, you know, if the emergencies happen, I'm, you're going to see me out there trying to, to help coordinate whatever it is that, that, that needs to be done. But my focus is going to be uh, trying to deter those that are trying to break into your house and, and, and steal your lawnmower and break into your car at night. And, and that's the kind of stuff that I'm focused on. Everything else to me is it may be extra, may, maybe extra icing on the cake. Um, and, of course, having served in the military, too, I, I appreciate all that. Um, stuff that's a lot of that stuff I used to do, and especially with the National Guard and stuff like that. So it's uh, again, it's familiar, but I'm I think what we need to do is focus on the crime that we're being impacted by today. All right, Chad, what have I not asked you that you want people to know about you or about what you want to do? Sure, uh, you know. My my family's first, uh, you know. Uh, you know, actually, God's first, and of course, our fam. My family to me is first as far as their safety is concerned, and. Uh, I'm a father of, of three daughters, so uh, that right there is probably unique to anybody having put up with, with all females in one household, and uh, probably after the election we'll invest in a, uh, a male dog or something to try to balance it out in our house. But, um, no, I, I, you know, my family support me through this. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's taken uh, a lot of sacrifices. You know, I, I don't 
I don't know anything about politics. This is not about politics for, for me. It's just strictly uh, what we can do to make this a safer environment for not only my family, but as a result for your family and everyone's family here in Anderson County. But no, I grew up here. I grew up in Town. A lot of people were like, where's Town?" Well, we have the Anderson Motor Speedway and Sue's Wings and things. So if people are familiar with Town, but I grew up, uh, you know, over there. And uh, like I said, Anderson's, uh, you know, Anderson's, Anderson County has been my home and, and I'm proud of it. And I want to continue to be proud of it and do everything I can to fight for it. Well, you're going to know in just about eight weeks it's going to be That's over, right. right? That's so, right. Yeah, <laughs> win or lose, I'll be glad when it's over. Uh, well, I appreciate you taking time, Chad. <laughs> yes, sir, absolutely. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting race, and it's a big deal for Anderson County. And next week I'm scheduled to talk to Sheriff John Skipper, and, and then the following week, uh, hopefully, or maybe even next week, I will interview Jeremy Pickens because I want everybody to have a chance to tell why they think they should be sheriff or sheriff again. I'll update the other races next week as well. But I do want to mention that the Anderson County uh, Chamber Candidates Forum that's coming up next Thursday is going to feature South Carolina Senate District 3 race, which has incumbent Kevin Bryant and challenger Carol Burdett. Um, this is, again, a, going to be a primary issue. Whoever wins the primary is going to be uh, unopposed going into the, the general election. This should be an interesting time, although so far the candidates have not seemed that different to me at most of their con press conferences, but I do think that's about to change. I've been told by both of them they've got a lot of things they want to talk about. So there'll be more to come. I'll be covering that event, and they'll, you can read about it in the Anderson Observer. News from people you trust, or tune in next Friday for an update. I'll tell you exactly what happened there. I'll probably put some video up as well. Another number, There's a number of other things going on in the county as well. Just trying to keep everybody up to date on it. Uh, the county council meeting this coming Tuesday night, they will vote on whether to send to referendum the idea of a staggered four-year council term, and they'll... This is the third reading on that. If they vote to approve it, it'll be on the referendum. People, The people will vote on it and decide if they want their council people to serve four-year staggered terms so we won't have all council being either reelected or not elected at the same time. This Tuesday night, there's also going to be in looking at the county budget for the coming fiscal year, which begins in July. So if you want to come out to the county council meeting, it is Tuesday nights. It starts at 630 in the historic courthouse. And County Council Chairman Tommy Dunn's done a pretty good job of keeping those meetings short so you don't have to give up your whole night if you want to come out for a little while. I sat down with Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns last Friday, which is just before, so some of this is going to sound just before the demolition, but we did talk about the upcoming demolition of the Woolworth uh, Bales Building and some other important things in terms of economic development that are going on here in Anderson County. I'm talking to Rusty Burns, uh, uh, Anderson County Administrator. We're going to talk about a couple things here. First, the uh, the ghosts that have been preventing the de the demolition of the Bales Building and the Woolworth Building are they exercised? Are they still there? I mean, I understand they've they've kept the workers at bay for quite some time now. February 22nd, I believe, was the uh, work day. Allegedly, Mr. Wilson, at nine o'clock this Monday the building should come down because the building has been completely gutted. And I do believe if you or I walked over there and pushed it real hard, it would come down. So there's absolutely nothing left in it. So hopefully 9 o'clock Monday that will begin. Now we have also found working with the demolition experts that the Bells building originally when it was built was built solidly. When the county came in about 30 years ago to do the renovation, they made it even bad English, more solid than it was. So it's been a bear. 
So we're hoping that that's going to start because we're all anxious about it. And I have told everybody a demolition date on many occasions. I think some people even have a pool on what kind of number I'm going to put out next. But it's all me and not anybody well, else's fault. Well, this Miami group, though, did they not pay attention to how solid that building was when they made their bid? I, I, mean, don't, <clears throat> I don't think any of the bids that we had fully understood the number of steel beams in the Bells building. I really don't. But I don't think there's anything of value. But here's an interesting thing. If you walk out and look at the old dime store, there is some writing. Yep. And have you been able to determine what it says? Not exactly. Because I have no, and I've asked people. Nobody's been We able need to get some game show contestants in right. here who are real good at taking two words. Well, a couple of Anderson historian types have been trying to decipher it without much luck so far, too. Uh, so. Well, I would definitely love to know what it says, but we don't know that yet. But other things that we have going on, as reported in the Anderson Observer, last month we created a, we didn't create anything, but uh, businesses in our area added a number of new jobs, which we're very, very happy about, which is continuing a trend. Even though our uh, employment number ticked up one percentage, one-tenth of a percentage point, still a thousand people went to work. And as you know, what's happening is more and more people are entering the workforce. Quite frankly, we need more and more people to enter now, the workforce. Now, of the places we've announced, I know Coca-Cola over in Piedmont, Powdersville hadn't really started it yet, right? They haven't really started yet. McLaughlin hasn't really started yet. Some of the most exciting news that I have to tell people right now is that the third line, the third paper machine, began operation this week at first quality. That's the third. And as you know, those, those machines are probably about 10 football fields in length. And so that is in operation and running smoothly at First Quality. Now, first so Quality has exceeded what they promised already. They've right? exceeded. They told us a billion. They told us a number of jobs. They've exceeded all that. They're probably at a billion and a half, and we expect it to continue. In a part of the county, we really need investment. In a part of the county, we really need investment. Plus, they brought in, you know, the polyethylene plants that were never part of the deal. So they're doing more than they ever told us they were going to doing and got some more exciting news coming out of first quality here pretty quick one of the things that we're real happy about is anderson university now has five interns working over there and we think that is absolutely wonderful and from what i'm hearing the interns are absolutely loving it and uh so we have that going on we're still dealing with the the indu proposed industrial park in sandy springs we are in the running for some really, really great projects. One of them I'll on the industrial <clears throat> park there. We just we just had a few little glitches on the deeds and stuff. Is that no? The, de the deeds are fine. What we're dealing with right there are the ponds. Oh, there are two ponds, ponds on the property you. that are under the supervision of the Corps of Engineers. Okay. We had a meeting with the Corps this week in Columbia, so we're dealing with that. And so we've just got all kinds of uh, things going on there. Uh, we still hope to have some sticks in the ground this year, though. Oh, are. yes, absolutely we do. And uh, let's see, we've just got so many things going on right now, it's amazing. Any so, more international stuff? We're oh, yeah, we've got more international stuff coming. We've got one project we're working on, which I'm not at liberty to talk about, which I won't say is life-changing, but it certainly is how you look at Anderson County changing. Because we've received, some people say that all we go after is manufacturing. We go after manufacturing hard because I believe manufacturing is the base of any economy. And, and any any economist will tell you that. So we're doing quite well in manufacturing. As a matter of fact, we have to add two more flags at the airport, two more international flags at the airport because of the increases in business. So I'm that's 25? Yep. So McLaughlin, 
uh, excuse me, Wexler, as you know, is, is coming in. They're not even online yet, but we know that we're going to have some more exciting news coming from Wexler. Now, Wexler was one of those examples of why we went ahead with the spec. We started yeah, spec. Because, because we started, we never even got to build it because as soon as we <clears throat> said we have this land and we're going to do something, they bought it. Right. <clears throat> which suits us just That's our fine. goal for yeah. the county's goal. <clears throat> and if you don't have anything to see, if you want to go see economic development at its finest, you need to go out and just ride as close as you can to the TTI project and see what a million and a half square foot building looks like. And that hasn't even started yet on what's going to happen over there. So there's well, just a whole, 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 whole lot of things going on in Anderson County right now. Well, and at Council tonight we talked about, you know, pulling apart the visitors in convention yeah. as a being a solo. How, what part does that pay, play in economic development? How important is that for... Well, I, I mean, mean, I know Neil Paul's been on the ground, really. I mean, you're talking about somebody who's running. Well, Neil, Neil runs seven days a week. And yeah. He works like a dog. And, of course, the thing that draws the most attention is the fishing tournaments. But we're also working on nine other things, working with the chamber on that Harley-Davidson rally coming in here, which is a big deal. One of those fishing tournaments can bring in a million and a million and a half dollars in economic investment. When those people come in here... They don't leave Anderson to go buy gas, right. okay? And the more gas you buy here, the more money we get in our C-Fund account. And they buy groceries, and they stay in hotels, and they buy things from Grady's, and they just provide a wonderful experience in our crowds out there to watch them weigh fish. Something I wasn't exactly sure about. <clears throat> the crowds are excellent to watch people weigh fish. It, it, you're right. It, it sounds... Like watching grass grow. It does. But it's not. But it's not. There. It sounds crazy. You but have to see it to believe it. The the, the other thing those tournaments do, uh, they're sort of billboards to event planners on other things, right, around the country. They're well, looking to say, whoa. Case in, case in point, we had a gentleman who came down here to fish, okay? He brought his lovely wife with him. They're from Massachusetts, okay? This is what she said. I think she may have seen enough fishing. I don't think she goes that every day. She came up and she said, this is absolutely the greatest place that we've ever been. Everybody's so nice. She said, I can get on the bus and go to Clemson, or I can ride around Anderson, and I don't have to use my car, and I'm doing this for a quarter. And she, and she said, we're coming back not to fish, just to see. I, and I got, we hear that all the time. We hear that all the time. And, uh, and it's when great events planners around the country are looking at places that can accommodate large groups they start looking where other large groups have gone yeah it's like we've already been we've already been vetted we are good yes they can do that but not only can they do that they do it better than anybody else because we do go all the way out to make sure that they're welcome and we're attentive to their needs and green pond's nowhere near done oh green pond's only a third complete yeah we've got a we've got a huge tournament that we're fixing to announce here maybe next week or the week after when the national group decides to release it. Uh, well, another thing that's exciting, we've got a kayak tournament going out of Green Pond. Now, that's a whole nother mindset and a whole nother group of people. These people like to fish out of kayaks. Well, that's sort of become the upstate leader for kayak uh, trails, and uh, I guess they call them trails. I don't trails, know kayak, they do. Yeah. So we're excited about that, because that's going to bring a whole different kind of kind of fishermen here. And uh, so we're excited about that. I wish we had a building out there right now like we have at Broadway Lake. I wish the amphitheater was completed. But those I are the next two big things. Those are the next it two It might big need a bigger thing. building than Broadway Lake for And hour. we might need it because I know we could rent it out every day of the week. And then when we had big tournaments, they could use that for exhibits. So the sky's the limit on that. And plus, we just want to make sure that we continue this momentum we have. 
and it's important never to let up because you know we never know when a plant's going to close if everybody says well you know everything's good you never know when something's capitalism is a dynamic situation just because somebody's been here 25 years right. don't think that they're going to stay 25 years things change so you always have to keep that pipeline full it's and like again, voters like we're like, talking about what have you done for me lately yeah, what have you done for me lately somebody flashes a little money yeah. at them yeah but i mean like one of the greatest stories i've heard is guy got out of a liberal arts college in North Carolina. He's born and raised here in Anderson, okay? I'm not going to mention his name, although I know it, and I know his mama and I know his daddy. But he got out with his wonderful liberal arts degree, just like me, and he was looking for a job. Well, he went down to uh, First Quality and signed on his to eat, you know, hey, I'll sweep. Well, the young man likes to work, and all the overtime they wanted him to work. Well, that young man now makes $80,000 a year plus benefits. Not bad for a liberal arts. Not bad for a liberal <laughs> arts guy. But he works, and as a matter of fact, he's worked so hard that now he, they want him to go help set up other operations because he knows it. Just hard work, give him a chance. That's one good thing about them. That's, so. I was going to say, and that's getting more and more rare. It's good to hear. Now, on Convention Bureau, though, we also have got, we've got the Civic Center. Yep. And, um, of course, our smaller places around, we've got that great landing at uh, Con Concord. And then Concord, got, and Brown Road Boat Brown Landing, Road, which is which wonderful. The county is really nice. That dock's always got people on it. Absolutely. Dolly Cooper is growing, and those both have accessible kayak launching yep. and stuff at those. And uh, those are all pieces. Plus, we have, what, 12, 13 parks in Anderson? Nobody even knows we need We've got We've got a whole lot of parks that need a whole lot of work, and we're trying to address that. This time of year, they look good. They all look good. They, they look all look good this time of in. year. Yeah. Uh, all right, the budget's the next big thing. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, we're working it's right. we got like two, two months tonight. Too much to work on the budget, but we've been working on the budget now for a month and a half. The Finance Committee meeting has probably, they've had three but, well, workshops, which are open to the public and open to any other council person. Uh, they've generally had about four councilmen coming there. Miss Floyd's having a budget hearings today, talking to different departments. And what are the big challenges coming? I mean, roads are always a challenge, obviously. Is, want, is, the, the, is the car tax going to come back up? Is, is that going to? I don't know if that's going to come back up at this point in time. You know, last year we spent almost twelve million dollars on roads, and you're now seeing the fruit of some of that work. I mean, there's a whole, there's more paving going on in Anderson County right now with us and the state than you've probably seen in 15 years. And we're hoping that the state's going to allocate some more money for local roads. And I'm pretty sure that they are. I don't think people have been educated in how expensive a mile of road is. To a mile of road can cost you a million bucks. No, people don't realize that. No, yeah, no. You think about no. But you think about this, and I will brag on Anderson County, and I will brag on the Anderson County Transportation Committee, but we were one of the first, if not the first place, to put our bids out for all of this road work. And we got our bids, and I'm talking about, I think our number was around $330,000 a mile. Greenville came in three weeks later. Theirs is $450,000 a mile. So being first, fast, allowed us to do that. But Ronnie Townsend and those people do a wonderful job on the CTC. But the key to all of this, which is the key to everything, is everybody working together the CTC, which is not is not state and it's not county, it's kind of like a special being and our legislative delegation and all of this, everybody's just working together. Nobody's fussing, fighting, grandstanding or anything. I mean, another thing we've which got... Which is going, unusual in an election year. Which is unusual. Another thing is the Homeland Park uh, strike force that we kicked off last week and we did it without the media involved because this time of the year, if you do anything like that, people think it's a stunt. And I don't want it to be a stunt. Mr. Dunn, whose brainchild this was, didn't want it to be a stunt. 
But from that, we have forged new relationships with the Salvation Army, American Red Cross. I mean, the Boys and Girls Club wants to put a facility in Homeland Park, and if we can identify some land that has been given up by the public and allow them to put a place there, that would be the best thing we can do. And we're talking about those partnerships. Uh, our, our work with the Midlands floods certainly forged a lot of partnerships that will go oh, for years. To, we're look, still getting letters from people. We're still getting letters from people in the, in the middle part of the state. But I'll tell you another thing it did. We're on everybody's radar for our emergency preparedness group. And the fact that we volunteered down in uh, the Columbia area, we also went as far down, about 50 miles from the coast. You know we went down and helped Barnwell. So we've engendered a lot of goodwill, and we've engendered a lot of goodwill on the state level, which is important because they're the ones who hand out the money. Right. And they always want to hand us money because they know that Anderson County is a good steward of that money. Well, just, and they also know any training or any equipment or anything we do, we will not hesitate to send it to any part of South Carolina to help other people. In case people have forgotten, we not only sent emergency preparedness people down, we sent accountants. We sent accountants. We, we sent appraisers. Right. We sent termite to hand out water. And then just water. county employees that volunteered to go down and hand out water and live yep. in the tent. It was yep. not, not, a, not a trip for fun. No, it's not a fun trip. Yeah. It's not a fun trip. But they love doing it. You right. got just got a good spread of core around here. Well, we speaking of people, people who love doing what they're doing, the folks out at Paul's have a challenge going on right now. Now, right in the middle of a $10 adoption, they get Parvo come in. Well, we had a person who doesn't work for the shelter who was performing a service function. And while having been warned repeatedly, went from one area to another, which has caused this lockdown to occur. And it is heartbreaking for the staff. I have seen tears and I'm not exaggerating, tears. Because if you noticed how much our euthanasia rate has dropped and how much our adoption rate has gone up, which I don't think people are aware of. Discount the spay and neuter program and, and stuff. And, and the spay and neuter program with the Humane Society is paying off concrete dividends. We always said it would take about five years. Well, here we are, and it's paying off. But it, it's heartbreaking to the staff because we don't like to put any animal down to a person at the shelter, and we go above and beyond what we can to save animals. And this is just disheartening to a degree for this to happen. And the reason we were having that $10 promotion is because we had a lot of older animals and we want to get them out. And $10 for an animal that has everything fixed and perfectly in good health and everything, and adopting an older animal is cool. You know, puppies are wonderful. Mm -hmm. I'm a sucker for puppies, okay? But you get an older animal, you would be amazed how they bond with you quickly and how grateful they are. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about just flat being grateful. You'll have a friend for life like you would never believe. Right. Well, I think that uh, passion, you know, it was pretty clear. And I think we took, the county took an unnecessary beating, I think, from outsiders on the, the dog that had been shot because... Any other county would have just put it down. Nobody would have ever seen Greg, that dog. we're the people who brought that to the public's yeah, attention. We tried, we're to, the we people tried to get who did help that. for that dog. Yes. And then we, we took we, the beating for yeah, it. Yeah, we didn't hide it. We're the ones, if you want to call it a leak, we're the ones that said, hey, something needs to be done about this. You look what happened yesterday, this week. In Spartanburg, there was a trial. A man put his dog with no water in extreme conditions. They gave him a fine not a fine. They gave him solid jail time. That's what we need in Anderson County. If you mistreat an animal, mm -hmm. we need our magistrates and courts to hammer down. 
I hate to say this, you know this as well as I do. Most serial killers start out torturing animals, okay? Oh, well, yeah, it's it's uh, and I mean you're and you're a long-time dog lover yep. to, to the point that you dress up like a dog for yes, the I will. charity stuff. If it'll, if it'll help raise money for dogs, <laughs> I'll dress up like a dog. But they the fact that they're monitoring everything and caught it quickly is important too. I mean, that 15, 20 years ago that wouldn't have happened here. No, the, the standard procedure then was you euthanize the whole you euthanize every animal in that block. Right. And then just get rid of them. Okay? I'm not saying we're better. I don't mean to imply that, but with that new building and with council's emphasis, because every person on council is a dog lover. Mm -hmm. If they're not a dog lover, they're a dog and cat lover. Right. And if they're not a dog and cat lover, they're a horse lover. Uh, Miss Wilson spearheaded that program where now we've allocated $12,000 to have a place to take abandoned and mistreated horses. Now, and how's we're that? Doing, well, that's the guy who was already doing it, right? That's the guy who was already doing it. What's and his name? I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but right. we worked with Major Gary Bryant, who's over animal control for the Sheriff's Department. So now we have a nice, safe sanctuary for those horses to go and get love and attention. That's never happened. I think we may be one of the only places in the state, maybe one of the only places in the country that does that. And we're able to do it working with a private group. Well, he's a nonprofit, but it's not government doing it. We're subsidizing some of his cost. So I'm happy about that. But, but all the good things going on in Anderson County. What else we missed? We've talked about, you know, the, the pause. We talked about industrial park, the budget, and we talked about the demolition, talk, the alleged demolition. We can talk about some things that aren't fun, like we just spent almost a million dollars putting a new roof on the county museum. And we're Boy, always needed it. Didn't yes, it? it needed it, but they're going to have a brand new roof. And it's, it's finished now except for a couple of things. Now we're fixing to spend a million dollars on the roof at the Civic Center. And a lot of that money that we're spending to put a new roof on the Civic Center comes from accommodations tax, which is a tax on people who stay in hotels in Anderson County. Right. So that's, how are you going to do that? Is that coming out of the general fund? A large portion of that money is coming out of accommodations tax generated by tax on hotel rooms. What about extending the taxes, though, in the towns around the county to, you know, to fund some of the things the cities had great? To... But you know we have a, a panel... In every town and group, legitimate group can apply for under, for accommodations tax yeah. money for their for their uh, items. So we're helping every one of the towns. And one I'm of talking our, about the uh, what am I? I'm, I'm brain cramping here. You're talking about hospitality, hospitality tax, tax, which yeah. the county doesn't have, but all no. the towns do. Right. Why Why does the county not? I think they're discussing that right. Now. I think they're discussing it right now. It could be a huge boon for us to, uh, and I think people would forget about it. And most of the money would come from outside anyway. Well, with our wonderful relationship with the border counties in Georgia, we would have a lot of Georgia money. All right, looking ahead, the once the demolition, if it ever happens, if the poltergeists leave and... Um, if the ghost in the machine doesn't doesn't appear, we should be taking it down Monday, how this are we, Monday How are we vision casting for the building there, though, now? Where does that stand? Well, the first thing we want to do is clear this up. We still have private developers who want to either buy it right. or they want to lease it or they want to go in partners with the county. So retail has to be a part of that building. Well, I would imagine retail. I mean, we've had one person who said, we want to put the fanciest restaurant, and I'm not going to mention that person's name, but he has restaurants and mm -hmm. a lot of them in Greenville, and they would love to have the signature restaurant. Is that what we want? I don't know. Do we need a place for the arts? That's what Mr. Crowder would like to have a place where you could have a public arts gallery where everybody could see it, not taking away from the art center. Mm -hmm. <coughs> <laughs> but a portion or something like that. We have a huge lot there, though. I mean, oh, and I have some 
other people who would like us to do nothing but put green grass on it and leaving it as, as a lawn or our Anderson County Mall riffing off the Washington Mall. And that has an idea. There's always been a dream that we should take and have a green space from here to Anderson University. Would that be cool? That would be very, very cool. Well, I've, I've been championing your idea, though, of whatever we build, have the observation deck on top. I've been pushing well, that. I think that would be the number one tourist attraction in Anderson County. People would come over, look, go up there, go to the park, look around. Go Sunday afternoon, load up the family after church, get in the car. Where are you going? We're going to go to downtown Anderson. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to go up on the observation deck, and we're going to see as far as we can see. And that would be wonderful. And when you use public resources, public needs to be able to take advantage of it. So, I mean, do you have end of the year? Should we have some good ideas by the end of the year what we want to do over there? Or you don't know yet? Or? I'm hoping, but we keep getting bombarded with private people who have these wonderful ideas. I do think it's going to be the hottest property in downtown Anderson. I don't think that. I know that. And it's the first time the county's owned this whole three blocks since the founding of the since since it was since it was originally laid out right. for us to go from street to street. It was always county property. Right. Well, that sounds good. All right, Russell. We'll catch up again later. It's, it's been a while since you and I caught up on it. We're heading into a very busy season with yeah, budget absolutely. And, and all that. Talk to you later. All right. Thank you. And I appreciate uh, Rusty Burns. Keeping us up to date on all that's going on, particularly economic development stuff with the county and the upcoming budget is going to be a big deal. A lot of, a lot of important things coming up. There's going to be discussion uh, on that. And, of course, roads is going to continue to be a big deal. If you have any ideas uh, about what should happen with the budget or anything else going on in the county, show up at the county council meeting Tuesday night or contact your council member and let them know you care. We need more citizen participation in government. I'd like to see it myself. There every week. Rarely see anybody out there. Um, but if you do have any ideas on the new building downtown, they'd love to hear that as well. You know, once they do take the building down, there's going to be a wooden fence around the vacant lot for a while, and area school students are going to be asked to paint on that wooden fence their vision for what they think the building should be. So that will be interesting. Well, before we go, I did want to mention Amos Wells, who was scheduled to return this week, had a conflict, so we're going to try again with Amos next week. Questions on gardening in your lawn. If We have plenty of questions already, but if... Uh, you have any questions, there's going to be a column in the Observer, and there'll be future podcasts with Amos. You can get those questions to us at askamos at andersonobserver.com. And Amos, who knows it all and no such things, will take care of that for you. Well, that's about it. I hope you get out to the fair this week or some of the other great things that are going on. I know there's plays going on all around, including the Market Theater, Electric City. Of course, Kids Art in the Park is this coming Saturday. Join us here next week for updates on the political races, the downtown development and demolition, all that and more on the Anderson Observer podcast, news from people you trust. And until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place. Big time, big top, big crowns, big hair. There's nothing.